You have killed. And you will kill again. is going on it's your pal rick here back at the house of wax and boy do we have a star-studded lineup for you this afternoon evening morning kwanzaa whatever it is for you we're gonna have some fun here um if you're new to the show welcome aboard we we're just going to cover some just horror movies throughout all the the different decades with that seem uh palatable i guess is the right word and this one, uh, we're kind of reversing the lines a little bit. We did a classic 80s slashers last episode, Sleepaway Camp. If you didn't check that one out, go back and check that one out. But we're kind of going back a little further into the 70s and going to do a fun romp from that one. Uh, and joining me, as always, my right-hand partner, my, my partner on Short Bus Cinema, Johnny Krug. What's up, my brother? Not much. What's up, guys? Ah, just uh, trying to get through this because I think this is going to be a battle. Because my next guest is is a is a pretty big fan of this movie, and so if we end up tearing it down, it might break his heart. And he might not ever come back, and we don't want that to happen. But we've got not only Mister Legion Podcast himself, uh, my good friend and and mentor, Mister Bo Ransdale. What is up, man? What is up? I feel like I'm coming into the Thunderdome with that introduction. Like, look, <laughs> this could be a rough show for him, everybody. <laughs> Just buckle well, up. We're we're really gonna shit on him a bunch. <laughs> That's why you were picked, man. <laughs> yeah. I, look, it's not the first time that that uh, that selection has been made for those reasons. But um, no, I look. I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be on the show uh, because I love talking about this movie. I don't I don't care if there are dissenters in the ranks. By the end of this episode, I feel like I'm going to change some minds. I'm going to win some hearts. That's what I'm talking about. And and we're all going to walk away from this uh, l- laughing and happy is is my that is that is my forecast. <laughs> that's my prediction. <laughs> and joining us again, also from the last episode, our our new team member on on uh, House of Wax, uh, my good friend and and work partner as well, Mister Levi Garrett. What's up, my brother? Hey, what's going on, guys? Just another night at the house. Uh, excited to talk about this. <laughs> wonderful lad that is this movie. Can I ask yeah, a question so, to start? I mean, I, as the guest, I feel like I, I have to exercise my prima nocta. I don't think that's really the right term for it, but um, <laughs> is the name Levi Garrett a real name or is that your stage name? Because it's too good if it's your real name. And there it is. And there it is. Put no, no, it's awesome. Quick. I'm. Um, I'm a fan. I just want to know if it was like, look, my real name is like Walter Sikowski, but Levi Garrett is way more fucking No, bald. no. Um, no, no, absolutely. It is 100% my real name. And I asked my mom over and over and over again as I was growing up, like, mom, did you really fucking not know that this was a fucking tobacco company? She's like... 
But here's a fun little backstory for you. My dad originally wanted to name me Gage after the little baby that got ran over on Pet Cemetery. And my mom, my mom told me this story all the time. She was like, I never once hated your father as much as I did when he said you wanted to name you that. I was like, yeah. I actually have a, I have a friend named Gage, and it's because of that movie, and I, I find it hilarious. Oh, yeah, man. I, I would have preferred that because, I mean, now I get Levi Strauss or 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 uh, Tobacco Boy or some shit like that, you know. But, uh, no, it, it is, and she swears up and down that she did not know wow. it was a tobacco company. And I'm like, you're a dad. You're a- oh, I, I can't believe Bo, Bo had the audacity to ask you that, but he wasn't kind enough to... <laughs> Ask me if oh. my, it's my real name, knowing that I used to go by Armando Santos. <laughs> uh, first of all, I loved you in Judge Dredd. I think that goes without saying. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm just as much a, I'm just as much Armando Sante as he was Native American. My God, look, I just got. I'm coming off of seeing Firestarter, where George C. Scott yes, was Native American absolutely. in that movie, where you're like. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Um, at least Armando Sante is foreign, I guess. I mean... He is, yeah. It yeah. is... It, in fact... He's Italian, so it, it works. Yes, it is It is exactly the same speed as Selminio uh, showing up and how the West was won or whatever right. as, as a Native American. And it's... Right. It's shitty. It's bad. It was the 70s. Nobody knew any better. Um, like everyone was like, "Hey, we really need a Native American. Who could we get to play that that looks kind of like a Native American? How about a Native American?" Chuck Norris. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no. Like, let's not talk crazy. Let's just we don't we don't need a, a studio full of Native American. You saw what happened at the Oscars, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Um, sorry, that's that is an old old reference to the Marlon Brando Oscar acceptance. Right. I apologize. <laughs> But it is the 70s that we're talking about, so right. sorry to derail us. But yeah, Prophecy is uh, like the, the Prophecy is among uh, the echo horror movies of the 70s yes. that I have somehow accidentally become an expert in. Oh, right. Because I have seen all of them multiple times, and I just adore... Like, they're all terrible, <laughs> but I love them all. <laughs> kind of like a guilty pleasure, I guess. It's not even a guilty pleasure, man. Like, I, I'm clapping my flippers together the entire duration your mutated bear hands oh i i I love stuff like day day of the animals and stuff yeah yeah i watched i watched day of the animals like three days ago sure um yeah dogs throwing their own dog houses day of the animals has a scene where leslie nielsen fights a bear over the love of a woman and I dare you to find another movie that has such a scene. And the best part is it's not a, a Naked Gun style movie. It's, it's right. played for yeah. total serious uh, um, reactions. Yeah, which is kind of what makes it hilarious. Like when, when those vultures attack that poor lady. <laughs> vultures and hawks teaming up together at last to kill a woman who looks surprisingly like Charlene Tilton. Um, yeah, it's it's the best, man. I lo- And... and uh, Food of the Gods is yes. my, my real favorite because yes. it is bonkers. Yeah, yeah, that's the rat movie, rats right? and chicken. There's a giant, giant chicken. chicken in that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, I remember oh, that one. God, that movie's so good. Uh, so before we get too far, because Bo is Bo is rant, going right my direction here, but before we do, 
We want to stop, take a little break. We're going to play some promos of some shows that uh, that we think you need to take the time and listen to some of our Legion family. And we're going to come right back and get right into 1979's The Prophecy. See you in a minute, folks. Hello, this is The Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about Giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon-exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. It is not the offspring of witchcraft or Satan. It was created by man. It will grow to be 15 feet tall. It will have huge eyes, webbed hands, hooked claws. It will walk upright. And it will mindlessly, mercilessly kill every living thing it meets. Prophecy. And we're back with The Prophecy from 1979. This movie has an IMDb score of 5.5, and uh, I I watched it for a good hour and 20 minutes before I realized that Christopher Walken wasn't turning into a bear. <laughs> but... <laughs> But no, seriously though, this movie it's a it's about a log company that they don't really go into specifics about the waste, but the waste that is coming from their runoff is basically um killing the environment and mutating animals. And uh the most menacing of those would be the the mutant bear that um I guess we'll talk sure. about quite a bit yeah. once we get more into this. This movie stars Talia Shire, Robert Foxworth, and Armand DeSante. It's directed by John Frankenheimer, which I was kind of shocked because this dude's yeah. like, like Birdman of Alcatraz and like a lot of Absolutely. classics. Yeah, and and that's the the magic of this time period of movies too, because they were starting to approach a lot of these big name directors and trying to pull them in to do some of these creature features because Jaws just opened up the doors for all these. And so you were starting to see everybody kind of tap on that door, which is exactly what Bo was saying earlier. You know, you go back and you watch Grizzly, which I know is another favorite that Bo and I both have. Uh, 
Oh yeah. Oh, I love Grizzly. Sure. Yeah. And you know, this is just a runoff of that. This is a a seventies mindful of nature version of a U.S. Godzilla. Basically, is what we're looking at, just on a smaller scale. And the cast. I mean, you got to say. I mean, this is a pretty legit cast for a a B horror movie. Adrian's coming off this the success of of the Rocky movies at this point. So, you know, this is this yeah. is giving this movie some credibility. And you have Richard Dysart uh, mm-hmm. as the the head of the logging company yeah. who shows up later in Carpenters the theme, right? Uh, among other roles, and um, and he's really good in this uh, as, as sort of the logging company head that is, you know, kind of sympathetic at the end of the day. I think yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like you were saying, you know, this is on the heels of Jaws, but it was also like, <laughs> how can we get some message yeah. in this? Yeah, it's- so you've got the Native American stuff, which sure. was obviously on the forefront of, of social consciousness in the 70s, all the wounded knee stuff. And, yeah. um, it, you know, so that was a, a, a big deal culturally. Then pollution, which had, had first started to become a, a big deal, which is embarrassing that, you know, almost 50 years ago now, people were like, we ought to do something about the environment. And now it's like, we really ought to do something about the environment. Um, then there was the village people. The village people, sure. I just love I just love the fact that when we grew up, the person that told us not to not to do the pollution thing was a crying Indian, which made that maybe that ties into this story. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it would not surprise me if an executive somewhere was like, get an Indian. <laughs> um, but but there's also, even at the beginning of the movie, when we meet uh, Robert Foxworth, uh, he is a doctor who is essentially going into tenement apartments and and um, investigating yeah. rat bites. Yeah. And, uh, and it, he's just kind of fed up with the culture and society. Again, something that was very common. Like, in the decade that produced Taxi Driver, it's no wonder that uh, one of the, the themes in movies was this sense of, like, we got to get the fuck out of the city. Like, the cities are just rotten and they're terrible and we need to get away from things. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's this movie is just chock full of what are people worried about slash thinking about in the 70s? Yeah, it's very 70s woke for sure. I mean, it's all yes. over the place. Well, why was why was Robert Foxworth's character like the number one choice for them to choose to to come into this um the situation out in the woods? Because I said he was good with people, but that wasn't enough for me. That wasn't no- enough of a uh like let's get him out there to deal with this, you know. Well, he he was this hostility and he's a full-fledged social worker so he's all about caring for the people and i think his buddy just kind of threw him a bone hey you want to make a difference in the world here's something you can go after we know there's a problem uh if we don't it's going to escalate into something really ugly for not only the company and the native americans but just a worldwide you know not worldwide but nationwide issue of well just like the things we've seen on tv with you know david koresh and all that stuff that happened how that became such an eyesore and i think this is a way of trying to fix this problem and again it's very 70s uh this is uh bo will totally agree with me here we were beat over the head with the things that we should do to save the world you know but it was you know 
only you can prevent forest fires. And like I said, the crying end in with the, the tra- trash. I mean, yeah. and UV, were, like uh, the ozone layer was the big thing. Yes. Like the, yep. the ozone and day of the animals is all about the depletion the of the ozone layer. Um, but right. yeah, that was the thing. It was like, oh no, you can't use hairspray anymore because that's killing the ozone layer and the sun's going to cook us all. And then in the eighties, we just said, "Hey, you know what? We're going to die tomorrow. Use all the Aquanet you want." <laughs> right. Prince wrote a song, and we were all like, hey, "You know what? He's right. Let's just have a good time." <laughs> Canon Films was naming characters after. Ozone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and you know, and also, obviously, monster movies were big at the time uh, after Jaws, which didn't really have an ecological message. It was just a monster movie. Right. And uh, and prophecy was a little highfalutin, but a lot of them were at this point. They were like, you know what? That Jaws was, it was okay, but I really think we're saying something here. Yeah, I, I remember, man. I, th- this is the first time I watched the movie. I watched it for the first time a couple days ago. And when you guys mentioned it, I was like, huh, I've heard of it, but I've never actually taken the time to watch it. So I started looking at the poster, and I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool, you know. And then I hear you guys saying, you know, mutated bear. I'm like, now that's that's pretty cool. That's a little far-fetched, but we're going to see what it's about, you know. And, uh, man, it was it was fun. Like, Thank you guys for for recommending this movie to me. Just because my opinion doesn't... I mean, all in all, my opinion will never matter. But all in all, I'm glad that I got to see the movie. It does here. It does here, man. And and I loved it because I walked up to him at work and he's like, Man, that movie, it's not that good. (laughs) I watched it. I said, well, I watched it with a buddy of mine, man. He was over here and I was like, look, bro. I was like... I'm about to sit down. I'm about to watch this movie. Uh, not sure what to make of it. Not sure what to expect of it. But it's from a podcast, so you get to sit through it with me. And I turn this movie on, and about halfway through it, me and him just look at each other and we're like, God, I wish this movie would hurry up and get over. <laughs> it does take its time. And that's that's a 70s reference, too. You always hear them talk about movies that are a slow burn kind of mm. idea. And you shouldn't have a slow burn monster movie, but that goes back to that fifties and sixties mentality of the less you see, the scarier the monster is. You know, yeah. you think about all those movies where you didn't see it till the very end, and uh, and like Jaws, you know, Jaws yes, was absolutely. like that. You never saw the shark, and I'm sure that was part of it too. Like, and also once they saw what the bear looked like, yeah, I'm sure they were like. <laughs> so like Jaws, you don't see it much, right? Everybody, yeah. we all agree that we're not going to show this a whole lot. <laughs> And plus the fact that you can even see the zipper that goes up the back of the bear suit, you know, it's, hey, you know, I know. Look, that. yeah, I know. Really? That. Yeah. <laughs> High def has not been kind to this movie. There is no doubt about that. But, but, but also, yes. So, preach okay. on boat. <laughs> so the premise of the movie is Robert Foxworth is going off to the woods uh, to to resolve this dispute. He runs into some um, Native Americans with. Uh, Armand Asante hilariously as their leader and hilariously or offensively depending on your perspective and anyway they're like hey you can't log all this land you're poisoning the land you're you're taking all the trees etc cetera, etc cetera, being being harmful to the environment and Richard Dysart is the owner of the the camp the logging camp and is like we're planting trees like we're not hurting you people and all you're doing is being a giant pain in the ass and trying to score political points when there's really no issue and so those are the two sides 
and Robert Foxworth and Talia Shire have a little cabin on the lake where he's like catching fish the size of Volkswagens. <laughs> and she is not telling him that she's pregnant because she's a. It, it, his philosophy is the world is a big stinking cesspool and we shouldn't bring a child into the world so she's afraid to tell him that she's pregnant right and and then of course they learn that uh the company is is dumping methyl mercury into the water which is causing mutations and all uh the fish which is going up the food chain like you know bears are eating the fish and they're mutating and uh um so and she's got it telly shire because she's pregnant she's got a belly full of potentially mutant baby Right. And then, uh, yeah, and then the mutant bear starts attacking people. But so, what the ultimate point I was going to make here is that um, the as as much of a slow burn as it is, it also is peppered with these little moments of things like this giant ass fish and these giant tadpoles, <laughs> and and then you get the first like the when you see that mutant bear cub caught in the net just <laughs> that oh, yeah. is so it is nerving. so disturbing and like that's the point where in this movie i kind of sit up and i'm like does this movie have something up its sleeve that's right. the thing and though then, that's the thing though and i will say this about that movie regardless of how i felt about it the one thing that kept me in tr- and entertained by this this film was just the dialogue that they put in there. There are so many good one-liners that I was <laughs> laughing at. I mean, nonstop. So, like, I may not have liked the film, but those one-liners definitely made up for it a lot. <laughs> Man, let's just get to what really matters here. And it's the bear attack at the, the campsite. Yes. Yep. Yes. When this bear takes a kid hopping around in his sleeping bag uh, ostensibly running for safety or hopping away to safety and this bear swipes this kid and it's like somebody fired a fastball where this kid in a big yellow sleeping bag flies across the camp hits a fucking boulder And feathers go everywhere. Like it's a dream sequence in a Gilligan's Island episode or something. (laughs) Well, it's like like when Nancy wakes up after the the parties in her room in the first Elm Street, the feathers are floating around everywhere. It is fucking bananas. It it is, man. I love it, too, because the body, I mean, and this just may be the effect, but you know there's not a person in that sleeping bag, but when it hits the rock, it still stays stays solid, you know, so it's a real hard thud, and the feathers just go crazy. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite deaths in horror movies, period. Man, I just, I'm still, I've spent, ever since I watched it, I'm trying to find a sleeping bag with that much stuffing in it, man, because, (laughs) man, that thing imploded. I was like, Wow! Who knew that there was that much in there? It's why you couldn't get out of the thing, you know? (laughs) You just just trapped in it. Like, once you're zipped in, it's like a hot pocket. You're just in there. (laughs) And you're talking about... The the Native... Sorry, go ahead, ahead, Johnny. I was just going to say, the Native Americans in this movie, they were supposed to be upset about this company, the logging company. Oh, no. Hey, Johnny. Uh, Not the the Native Americans. the The OPs, man. (laughs) <laughs> the original people. 
The original people. The original people. <laughs> well, the really old Native American man seemed like just so amazed and happy that they had the you know the the Simpsons like the Springfield three eyed fish and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, this when is a fi- great bounty they have brought to us. This <laughs> muted uh, a squirrel the size of a dachshund. <laughs> this seventeen pound Ted pole. <laughs> Man, it's oh. it's the best, and I I can't remember now what the name of the uh, Quixote or something is. The name of the the bear. It, in theory, this is this ancient prophecy, hence the title of oh a, a Native American like demigod that is come to wreak vengeance on those that would hurt the tribe. And uh, but instead, it's just a giant mutant bear that just comes to your joint, fucks your shit up. And and then, you know, of course, <laughs> all right, here's another favorite scene is uh, they have uh, when they get the mutant bear cubs and one of them's dead. Uh, and but one of them is still alive. The one that's right. And they're trying to get Richard Dysart there to see this thing so they can be like, hey, man, if you're not polluting this water, <laughs> then explain, explain this. Explain this. Yeah. Yeah. But they've got like this IV hooked up to this little puppet bear as it's like, <laughs> it's the best man. <laughs> and again, it's still disturbing because it's landing on this table and you're just like, yeah, this is this is pretty gross, man. You know? Right? You're like, somebody kill that thing. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> Step just, on they're it. just carrying this thing around, and the whole movie, I'm sitting there, I'm just like, that's such a horrible idea. Like you, you need to get rid of that ugly ass thing and move on about your business. And then what ends up happening later in the movie? I'll be damned if that damn bear don't latch onto her neck. I'm like, told you, you shouldn't have been carrying that ugly fucker around. <laughs> yeah, it just, like I don't think anybody in the movie, if they do, I just missed it this last time I watched it. I don't think anyone is ever like. We should probably get rid of this cub. I mean, that's what it's after, right, everyone? They're just, it's like they're like, I don't know why she's chasing us. It's the craziest thing. We've just got this screeching infant that you can hear literally miles away because the sound really carries out here. So, like, there, there are campers eight miles away that are like, what is that sound and why won't that thing die? I love it, man. Like, I was laughing so hard because it, they drew out so many scenes in this movie. Like, I'm yep. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I mean, for example, one of the scenes was, like, towards the end of it where they're in the cave. And, I mean, this scene oh, yeah. goes on for probably a good three, four, five minutes, and it's just silence. It's just everybody looking at each other like, well, we're in some shit. You can you can hear everything going. You have to really crank it up, but you can hear everything that's going on on top of the. Okay, land. they're sitting there okay, waiting. Cause I got you. You can because the bear the bear is attacking people and t- flipping cars and setting stuff on fire and and it, it leaves. <laughs> then it like comes back and then it leaves again and yeah. <laughs> that poor sheriff. And by man. that time, <laughs> you see it setting yeah, stuff on fire. Yeah. They're like yeah. sitting there just like all staring at each other, and the very second that somebody moves. That bear comes through and rips that dude out. I mean, and I'm like, you give me a three, four, a three minute scene for this guy to be ripped out of a cave. I mean, that's all I get. You gotta love this guy too, man, because his face gets all mangled up. 
they stra- <laughs> they strap the dude on top of the vehicle, the most safe place you can put him, right? Yeah. And you know when it, when the bear flips the car over later on, and you know this dude just strapped to the top of the car, strapped in on a gurney. Uh, this was yeah. the first. Bo, Bo, this is good for you. This is the first decapitation I'd ever seen in a movie. So here I am. I'm nine years old in a theater. This is the first time I've ever seen somebody's head missing. I mean, you don't see him bite it off. Uh, but I'd never seen that before in a movie. So, oh. oh, you saw this in the theater? Wow. I, yeah, this is the first horror movie I saw in a theater. That's why it's kind of special to me. Oh, that's crazy. Mine was the so original this- Alien. Nice. Ooh. Nice. Wow. So, Same year. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was I, I was uh, five. Wow. But the uh, very quickly this story was because I I remember asking my mother at one point I was like don't you think it was irresponsible to take a five year old to see Alien? <laughs> and she said we had to you wouldn't shut up about it <laughs> she was like we don't know when it happened but you must have seen the commercial for it or something but you wouldn't shut up about this movie alien so we had to take you just because you were so annoying <laughs> and Man. and she was like you just sat because i had to stand on the seat and lean forward on the seat in front of me and she was like i don't even think you blinked like you just stared at the screen the entire time until it was over so and i don't even remember it but that was my first horror movie there were a lot of things in this movie that that i don't know you were talking about favorite scenes um i don't know the the beginning of the movie when when they first meet up in the um there's the the chainsaw axe fight man that escalated quickly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that caught me off guard. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, it, it almost turned into a, like a Hills Have Eyes type movie for a second. Or when that dog just goes cannonballing off the side of a fucking oh, yeah. cliff. That scene cracked You're like, oh! oh. Yeah. That scene cracked me up. Because, I mean, if you watch, that dog just goes... I mean, he goes off the side of the cliff. And I've never seen a grown man struggle to pull a dog up in my entire life. I was like, man, just pull him up. Like, come on. And then you see it, like, get taken by the damn bear. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I will say, after that, when the guys, you know, propel down the side there and uh, propel, <laughs> repel. <laughs> they rocket when down they, the side. That's a different yes. sport, I think. It's Don't wily coyote. <laughs> <laughs> but when the, the, I love uh, this is this is the beauty of the director out here too, man, because it's almost kind of a clockwork oranges thing going on here because you see the aftermath of the bear wiping out these guys, and you got this orchestra music playing in the background, classical music. Oh, the nice classical! And I was yeah. like, wow, this really makes this scene disturbing, you know, and and it's a great setup because then it fades into you know. Adrian playing the the cello in an orchestra, so it's like wow, you know what? That's that's really a stroke of brilliance for a movie of this level. It, it is, but like for me, like the beginning here and the very end of the movie, the the tone was so much more different than that. Like like the whole midsection of this movie felt like a, you know, like we did said, like a, a public service announcement, nature run amok, made for TV movie, but right. like. It was cap. It was capped off. It was sandwiched with two ends that I thought were like completely different movies. Sure, right? Yeah, they get like real serious and somber, 
uh, like the the beginning of this movie, especially when she's like playing the cello and her friend is like, "Hey, are you gonna tell? Are you gonna tell him? Are you, are you gonna tell your husband about your baby?" And she's like, "Well, I don't know. You know how he hates mankind and all." <laughs> Gotta love that. That's an example. Yeah, you're right. It's it's like it, it feels very 70s, but it's like very like esoteric, and and the end is too because it ends on this real downer note of like her potentially having this mutant child that she's you know probably gonna carry to term. It's just awful. That's a, a screw screw with your mind thing there, but to me, I put my money down on when they're when they're swimming across and they look back and they see the bear just tossing the old Indian dude in the air. Oh, <laughs> that's the best! Yeah. Oh, the humanity! <laughs> the best for me, man, was the one-liners. Like I said, there were so many little like little little uh, dialogues that had me rolling. Like whenever uh, they land there and they get out and the old man just looks at them and just says as simply as can be I know wood and they're like what talking about the trees <laughs> and then like they're describing this bear and the, I, I loved it I laughed they're like it's larger than a dragon and got the eyes of a cat <laughs> so it's really big or really small yeah. eyes <laughs> and then they're in that cabin uh, and the lady, his wife or whatever, she's like, he's. I forgot what he said. He said something about, you know, humanity and all that. And she's like, well, this is the land of Paul Bunyan and his giant ox baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he, like for a second, he doesn't believe her. He's like, really? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you can't enjoy kind of clouded on this movie... It's just one of one of the simple pleasures in life to for like a, a big dumb monster movie that takes yeah. itself so seriously. Like this movie yeah. was like we are we are changing some minds here, people. Yeah. Like it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if there's a nationwide ar- arborist movement. <laughs> it, it takes it takes like just add a little over an hour for the bear to like really make i think like that's right around the sleeping bag scene but for me i'd never seen this and i thought i had because i do remember a bear movie with a decapitation but it wasn't this and i still don't know what it is because i've seen so many of these but i did not expect watching this to see that uh that living room cabin raccoon <laughs> fight Man, going on. was more dangerous in that movie the bear or that damn raccoon oh <laughs> the raccoon yeah it was crazy to me because like I don't know why we'd seen the tadpole at this point and you knew about the bear, but I didn't expect another attack animal. It was, if it had only been a, a mutated raccoon, that would have helped. He was just a little crazy. That's all. But I love the fact that he, no, just, it looked weird. he just pins it, didn't it? pins it against the wall and then he just chucks it in the fireplace yeah. and just burns it up. But, like. And then it's like, I'm going to send it up to the, the office and have him take a, a little look. See right. at what, what's going on with this raccoon. Because I'm going to tell you guys, man, I don't know if any of y'all have ever had like a raccoon problem around your house or anything. But when that, co- when oh, that yeah. raccoon came into that damn cabin, I said, that damn thing's more dangerous than the big two-faced bear that's running around. <laughs> two-faced <Yeah>. bear. <laughs> I've got a real fat raccoon behind my house. I don't think he's much of a threat. 
<laughs> he seems it, it like he's doing too well. <laughs> it all matters what you're feeding them, man. If you're feeding them, you know, mercuryized fish, that might be a problem. But, you know, if you're feeding them some Nashville barbecue or hot chicken or something, he's probably fine, you know? Hey, I don't... Well, Bo said earlier that the, what was the runoff? Ethel Merman? It's a methyl uh, mercury. <laughs> Ethel Merman. You'll <laughs> be swell. You'll be great. Gonna have the whole world on a plate. Starting here. Starting now. Kill your kids. <laughs> That's a- Set that raccoon back on fire. <laughs> That was another scene that made me laugh, though, was whenever they were like, they find the tadpole or whatever, and uh, they look at him and they're like, uh, it came from up the river. And they get real serious and they're like, that's where that's where the paper mill's at. It's like, no, not the paper mill. Not the paper mill. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. So, so when they first did the, the little tour, the walkthrough at the paper mill, what was the, because the guy said he, they only used one chemical, and what was it that he said? DDT. It's like we we just use uh, napalm. <laughs> well, it was weird because like he seemed so genuinely shocked. I think like, it was ammonia. Wasn't that it? Yeah, it yeah. was ammonia. ammonia. That's yep. what it was. Yep. And and right and that's the thing. Like when they confront him, when they show him the baby, uh, Richard Dysart is like, I I. They they ask him if he knew about the methyl mercury, and his response is, "I didn't want to know," which ma- makes <laughs> it make. Yeah, of course, he is certainly to blame, and he gets his comeuppance for sure. But it does make him more sympathetic in that, you know, he he kept himself in the dark so that when he said. You know, like, hey, we only use one chemical and we're planting all these trees and we're not hurting the environment. As far as he knew, that was true, but he had his haunches or whatever. But, yeah, I think it that makes him a, l- a little bit more interesting a character than just a mustache twirling villain that's like, hey, hey, methylmercury, you say? Let's put it in the babies. Um, Can't catch me, you covers. Right. Can we hide the barrels and... Definitely, definitely. Now, prenatal ICUs? Definitely reminded me of the bad guy from, like, Dudley Do Right. Yeah, so I felt like he was a, a little more two or a little more three dimensional than, than something like that. But, um, you know, most of the characters are pretty one note. Like, you know, Foxworth is just, you know, ah, the, we got to get to the bottom of things and all oh, these damn industries and uh, corporations and the government probably like he's it's just it, like uh, he, he is continually beset upon by the institutions right. around him um, not only that but you take our secondary op leader and uh, the character that she's playing that just transcends right over to her role in uh, Ernest goes to camp <laughs> <laughs> she's the nurse yeah i mean she's it, yeah she's it, this uh, ernest goes to camp is kind of a prophecy sequel in a way <laughs> one thing you never say to a baby badger is abity, 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 abity. <laughs> or, or a raccoon speaking of uh single or i mean uh sequels man I, i'm sure you could do <laughs> she, she she might be. Be I, mean, I couldn't tell 
But, uh, man, they should do a bunch of spinoffs for the trees and the rocks. Because y'all remember whenever they're talking about, uh, they're like, every tree and rock has a story. I'm like, well, let's let's tell this story then. Come on, guys. Y'all are doing all, y'all are, y'all are quiet through half of the movie. Tell me more about these rocks and trees to keep me interested. <laughs> well, one, one of those stories is the Blair Witch Project. Right. <laughs> I do think, honestly, I think if this movie, um, I think for me, pacing was everything. I think if it had just done a little better with pacing and maybe, I don't know, introduce the bear a few scenes earlier. Sure. Um, man, this movie would have, would have definitely went down because we, we mentioned day of the animals. We mentioned grizzly. I love those movies. I'm a, I'm a huge Andrew Prine fan. Um, love, you know, Leslie Nielsen and all those nature run amok movies, but this one just didn't have the same level of like action. Right. The other ones had a message and stuff, but this one dwelled so long on the message that it was like, I was like, come on, man. We need a bear any moment here to kill some people. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, I yeah. did. I got like, I got, like you said, it was a little over an hour before he actually came in. And I was just the whole time, I was like, man, this is moving really slow. I was like, where is this going? The coolest scene up until you see the bear, you know, slap the kid across the, the campsite was the chainsaw. I mean, it's like... It was it was really slow for me, and it and it's that's one of the faults of it. And the other is the fact of um, the director decided. Uh, Bo may have even even more information on this, but I know that a lot of the gore was cut out of this. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, supposedly there's a lot more uh, blood and guts that that he actually decided to pull back you out. Could. And even the bear design wasn't even supposed to be a bear. It was supposed to be the more like the creature that's on the cover of the movie. And uh, he said last minute they kind of decided to change their mind and made it more of a a natural looking, you know, you could tell it was a bear. It was deformed instead of something you couldn't recognize. So, yeah, on the on the on the cover for this, see, I, I, I this cover is iconic. I've seen this cover, this poster art, you know, for years and years. And I always thought this was some kind of alien movie. Yeah. Like I didn't ever think a bear at all. <laughs> right. So that that's one of those things that it kind of falls to the wayside as far as, you know, the impact this movie could have had. You probably could uh, do a remake of it now and, and probably do a pretty decent job with it. You can pick up the pacing, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, man. I think it's a good reflection of the times. And I think Bo said it a while ago, too, though. When Aliens hit, everything started changing. So this is like the last changing of the guard from from that mentality that that we were moving forward with the monster movies and it turned into what you expect from from an alien type movie. So uh I think for that fact alone is another reason I really like it. And, and this is also the beginning of what they call Hollywood North. So this is when they started, you know, going and shooting a lot of stuff in Canada and trying to offset that. So, you know, uh, it was a, just a like a weird time in the movie-making production as far as, you know, this, the states. Anybody else got anything else they want to say about this movie? I had a note here about how the Cubs look like they're from Barashima. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they're the Levi, uh, you got anything? No, I'm, I'm pretty good, man. I, like I said, it was... It was a fun movie. I, I will never sit here and there's only two movies in the horror movie world that I've ever said was just terrible. But uh, as far as this movie goes, it was it was a fun ride for the time frame for sure. 
One thing that, that I do want to say about this is as far as these kind of movies go and with the subject matter, and I'm not the bear part of it, but, you know, the environmental aspect and stuff like that, it was far less um, exploitation feeling yeah. than a lot of movies around this time. Like, I felt like it was handled pretty pretty well, which, I mean, either way, I would have, you know, I mean, I, I like me, I like some good exploitation too, but they didn't go that direction with this as much as I thought they would have. You know, what can I say about this one? I, I think there's some moments of brilliance in it. I think they were making the best movie they could with probably with what they were handed at the time. A lot of rushed production that had to happen to get done. The changing of the the, the monster itself. You know, you hear about these nightmares and all the Corman flicks and all this stuff. It's just this one actually had a budget. And it fell a little short. But I still love it, man. I I still think uh, it's just one of those things that made an impact and made me a horror fan growing up. And and, uh, I I will always uh, dig this movie. So, Bo... Pull, pull up your soapbox, buddy. Let her rip. Uh, yeah, I, I think this goes back to something that, that Johnny said where when, when he was talking about how this movie treats the subject matter with a little more finesse, a little, a little more taste, a little more class, maybe. And I think that's why it feels a little, a, 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 a little laggy in the middle is that it, because it's taking the time like we're really developing the characters here and you know let's explore you know this environmental message a little bit and as a result it's not the best monster movie and that's unfortunate but there's the kid in the sleeping bag and <laughs> like there's stuff there's stuff in this movie that I would I would be a worse person for not having seen this movie. You know, like the, the delight that I have at that sleeping bag death is I would not trade it for anything. And, um, so on that level, like it's a little bit of a hometown favorite and I acknowledge that, but I also like the scene with the thing coming out of the like misty water and how, They were like, this is going to be so good. And then it wasn't. <laughs> and I really kind of love that. Like, it feels, it for as, as, as legit a movie as it is, sometimes it feels so, like, duct taped together. And there's something I kind of like about that, uh, even, yeah. even in its, you know, <laughs> like, chubbier moments where you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, fine, everybody's... Everybody's upset about the trees. Now let's get on with it. Um, <laughs> but I, I, but when it, like when it comes time for the movie to pay off, I think it does. Like I think that scene where they're in the in the cave, and you hear everything going on outside, and them just kind of looking at each other and breathing and just being like, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> um, I like that scene a lot because I think it's it genuinely kind of honest of like this is what it would be like everybody would just be like oh shit oh shit like is this safe are we okay for a second because we don't know and unless you're an old mercuryized old indian dude that stands there and is laughing at everything the bear is destroying he's just like yeah go do it buddy right yeah (laughs) and he ends up juggling him through the air and just slapping him around (laughs) which is also fantastic (laughs) that was a good scene and i will say and i'm gonna chime in and say this 
Did I like the film? It wasn't my favorite, but talking to you guys and actually sitting down and actually having someone who enjoyed the film break it down for me, I see the good in it. And for sure, I uh, I will say that I I have a little bit more respect after talk for the film after talking to you guys about it. I still find that it's a, a pretty good party movie. You know, like you throw it on and you, you're you're chatting and you're having some drinks and you're not really paying attention. And then somebody is like, oh, wait, shut up for a second, everybody. Look at this fucking kid get smacked into a boulder. And then it happens. And then everybody laughs. And then you go about your business of drinking and having a good time until... You know, you get to mutant squealing and stuff like that. I like. Oh man, it's a it's a great movie for that. Of just like, hey, this is a movie we can all get together and kind of clown on and have a good time with, and 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 still, like, it's still kind of a legit movie. And you ain't even though it is real goofy. Every detail, you know what I mean? Like, of course not. Like, you could remove the whole like native american storyline wholesale mm-hmm. from this movie mm-hmm. and it doesn't really lose that yeah. much hey did right. you guys know that uh two years before this or no three years before this the same person wrote the omen really wow Dave, yeah david seltzer wrote the novel for the omen and then uh then the screenplay as well so i just thought that was a it was a weird transition as well because they're such polar opposite movies that's pretty neat <laughs> He was like, well, I did baboons. Now I'm doing bears. And they're both kind of apocalypse movies. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, come on, man. The, the thing I, I love about this movie, and we're dancing all around it, but just the sheer strength of how many times he just slaps things and they go flying. You see a Asante <laughs> just go flying. You see the kid in the sleeping bag go flying. Yeah. I mean, he's just smacking people and they're just taken off and i just love insanely that. over the top you know and it's it did it made for a cool scene i mean definitely with the scene where he's freaking slapping the indian guy around in the air i mean it had that godzilla feel to it <laughs> yeah and where else are you going to get a movie where the dad where the dad from the brady bunch grabs an arrow jumps off a pier and stab, starts stabbing a mutated bear in the head? i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the tagline. <laughs> I I always thought the tagline should have been, "Is Talia Shire going to keep that baby?" She did actually. Yo, Adrian. Hey, she did actually. Uh, I think she had him and named him Jason or something, and he went to some camp right. and killed a bunch of ki- a bunch of kids. I look. If you want to make prophecy the origin story mm-hmm. of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, I'm totally on board with this theory. Whoa. Wow, mine just blown right there. I, I love it. Um, but yeah, like That's, I. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ricky. No, no, no. I was just gonna say that should be the reboot for the third version of Friday the Thirteenth. I think they need to leave Friday the Thirteenth alone. <laughs> that I agree. Not Marilyn Elm Street. Leave them alone. <laughs> so okay, the, the the actual tagline for this movie though: "She lives. Don't move. Don't breathe. There's nowhere to run. She will find you." After seeing the movie, at first I was like, because you know, the mother and her cubs, but after seeing it, I almost wonder if it's like a, they're talking about Mother Earth. Yeah, right. Mm. Like, like there's nowhere to run from the thing that you, that's, you know, it's going to bite you in the ass. Wasn't one of the other taglines the monster movie? The, the monster movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prophecy, the monster movie. (laughs) I kind of like it. I think it's ballsy. It's just like. Yeah, we're the fucking monster movie. We're the one, it, like the one, the one you've been waiting for. And this is very famously one of Stephen King's favorite movies. 
Really? Yeah. Really? Huh. Wow. He, he talks about it quite a bit in either Dance Macabre or uh, uh, on writing. One of the two, but he talks about uh, it, it being not a great movie, but one that's eminently watchable. And anyway, it, very interesting, and I highly recommend reading his thoughts on it. They're a lot more succinct than in anything I've said, for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> With that being said, what we're going to do now is give this movie a rating. And, uh, Bo, basically what we do is we do the one through five rating. And pretty much we just name something from the movie, you know, as a rating system. So, myself, I'm going to give this uh, four slaps across the face by a mutated bear. (laughs) I think uh, I would actually give this movie two Winnie the (laughs) Ewes. Was the bear. When I saw it, I was like, it's like Winnie the Ew. <laughs> what oh, you got, Bo? Bother. Um, I, I would give this four <laughs> squealing mutant fetuses <laughs> out of five. <laughs> Which, weirdly, is my usual rating scale. Is it now? <laughs> <laughs> Levi, what you got? Alright, I, uh, after much consideration i'm going to give this movie a two out of five uh volkswagen size tadpoles <laughs> is it weird that whenever they are holding that tadpole that that all i thought the entire time was is that edible <laughs> like can they eat that imagine the caviar on that one <laughs> just imagine how slimy it would be <laughs> and how sort of, like you would that never was, be yeah, able to hang kind of my on thought. to it Ugh. It would be like if imagine putting uh, a bunch of KY on a, a schnauzer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I have done and it's quite a blast. <laughs> all right, so uh, all you people that are on the in the the House of Wax group out there, we ask you for your input on this movie and I'm going to read a couple of these real quick. Um so for Matthew Tangent, it said, I put off watching this one for a long time, thought it was a demon movie from the title. I decided to watch it randomly and was pleasantly surprised to find it was a nature run amok flick. The sleeping bag death to me literally had me spit my drink out when it happened. I watched the scene like three times in a row and was cracking up for hours. So yeah, I mean, that's usually when people know this movie, that's kind of what is brought up. Yeah. Uh, Derek B. I haven't heard said, from Matthew in a while. Nice. Yeah, I know he's been kind of kind of quiet a bit. So, uh, and he's he's usually chiming in quite a bit. Uh, Derek B. Uh, says, "Love this flick. The opening scenes from the movie sets up that there is a mysterious menace striking people off and and send off of classic monster movies from the years before. Interesting ensemble: Adrian from Rocky, the dude from Ants, Doc from The Thing, and Armand Arsande is a Native American." <laughs> with a great director in, in uh, Frankenheimer, well placed uh, a well paced script by Seltzer, uh, an awesome mutant bear prophecy is a must see for any creature feature fan. Uh, as I was when I first seen this film in my younger years. Plus, it is the goat of sleeping bag kills. Eat your heart out, Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're seeing a theme here, right? <laughs> Uh, Rafael Diaz says, uh, what isn't there much to love about the original man-bear pig? It says uh, half-man, bear, <laughs> half-pig. Or was it half-man, half-bear pig? Uh, I saw this movie for the first time for this episode, and I must say I had a blast. 
It's amazing how fast these <laughs> these big creatures are for their size. But man, the squeal! Who can forget that squealing of the man bear pig? <laughs> do y'all think the voice for the uh, do y'all think the voice for the baby uh, bear was the girl from Sleepaway Camp? I was thinking uh, Fran Dressler. So <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> if Fran Dressler and Gilbert Gottfried had a love child. <laughs> Oof. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ryan D. Nicklo said the the scene with the kid in the sleeping bag is hands down the hardest <laughs> a horror movie has ever made me laugh. <laughs> so uh, Abraham Rahm said uh, the film I absolutely adore. End up watching it at least once a year. Also, sorry, Jason, but this is the best sleeping bag kill in horror. So, folks, if you don't believe us. You have to go check out at least the scene with the sleeping bag. I'm telling you, it's it's worth the free admission on YouTube. <laughs> but yes, that is you can you can watch just that scene on YouTube, and that's really the gateway drug to prophecy. Yeah. Is yep. you'll see that, and and at least thirty percent of the people will be like, "I got to see the rest of this fucking movie." Yeah, uh, that's how we get you. Oh, for sure. That's how. That's how. That's how Ricky got me to watch it. Because whenever he said that uh, it was about a mutated bear, I was like, eh. and then he was like, "But it's got a great sleeping bag kill." I was like, "All right, I'm gonna check this out." <laughs> I love that his his first description to me, Levi told me he says the bear looks like Two Face from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it is because there's one scene, man. When you finally get to see that bear, it literally looks like. A half. I mean, it looks like Harvey Dent done got his face, you know, <laughs> melted off. I was waiting for Bruce Wayne to call and be like, "I'm on the way." <laughs> uh. Another thing about prophecy: when I was a kid, it hit HBO, and they showed this movie about every yeah. 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's awesome. It was when, like, Ghostbusters hit HBO and that kind of thing where it was like, well, Ghostbusters is on, and after that, it's going to be Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then they're going to do real sports, and then it's Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> um, but, but like, in 1979, it was, like, the Prophecy Channel for about six weeks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you, know, you were bringing up your story about Alien earlier. The first time I saw Alien was actually on HBO, and that movie ruined hot dogs that had cheese inside the hot dog because <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that's the first time i'd had one of those and i was about to eat it and it was the scene where the egg opens up <laughs> and i just looked at that plate and i thought that looks just like what's coming out of that egg right now i think i'm yeah, done i just i just uh i just got goosebumps from almost throwing up in my mouth Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> you, you know, interestingly, uh, I didn't mean to talk about Alien this much, but um, I got my first 4K TV a few days ago. Nice. Uh, right, yeah. I hadn't I finally, you know, with, I guess, 80% of the, the rest of the world. But um, so the first, because <laughs> I, 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 I bought that and then I got the 4K Blu-ray player. Yeah. And I didn't want to spend a whole lot more money on a bunch of movies. Uh, so I, I looked for what was cheap, but one of the things that was like 10 bucks for a 4K Blu-ray was the original Alien. So yeah. I actually ended up watching a little bit of that uh, just last night uh, just to see what that looked like. And it looked real good. It yeah. was pretty cool. 
I thought you were leaning more towards 76 King Kong, but, you know, that'd been my first pick. But, hey. <laughs> Man, if only that were in 4K. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Just to see every single strand yeah. of Jeff just Bridges' a- glorious <laughs> hair and beard. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, that is a thing of beauty, uh, and yeah, and Jessica Lange, Jessica Lange, oh, man, at, jumping what, in that 19 waterfall. Nineteen years old. Oh fuck! Sorry. Damn. Damn. Now that the testosterone's up on this episode. <laughs> no, that was one of those. That was one of those things that when I think about my puberty, <laughs> Jessica Lange and King Kong is. Yep. It's that and Elizabeth Shue and the Karate Kid. Equal measure. All right, All right. I, I can see that. <laughs> we don't went from we don't went from mutated bears to puberty. We're we're hitting on all cylinders on this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is this is every show I do. It all ties in. It's the prophecy. I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> right, fulfilled the Karate Kid prophecy. <laughs> the Karate Kid prophecy. Uh, slap you on, slap off. This. <laughs> yeah. Show me hopping sleeping bag. You know, wax on, wax off also works. <laughs> yes, <Man>. it does. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, look, you said there was no format. I'm going to put that to the test right now. Okay. Because I don't get, I don't, I don't talk to you guys all that often. Right. Um, what are you guys watching? What should I be? What have you checked out recently that I, I should be watching? Mm. I watched the uh, 1939 uh, cartoon of Ferdinand on the Disney Channel the other day, or the Disney Plus. <laughs> That's Ooh. the last thing I saw. I haven't hit that yet. <laughs> I haven't hit that yet. But I got I, like I have to watch the Mandalorian the second it comes out, or oh, yeah. I can't talk to my yeah. girlfriend anymore. I I, I'm, I'm with you there, weekend. man. Ready or not, uh, what did you think of that? I loved it. I thought it was a fun okay. movie. I really did. Yeah. I enjoyed the. I really enjoyed the ending, and I was really skeptical about it because the way that the commercials made it seem, it was more of a. They made it seem like it was kind of a serious note, and the fact that they put the uh, the little comedy twist on it, I really liked it. Have you seen Your Next? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I felt like your next is the better version of yep. Ready or Not. Even though I thought Ready or Not was good. Oh yeah. I was like, eh, I wish I wish I had never seen <laughs> your next and this would be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I enjoyed your next whenever I saw it, whenever it came out, but yeah, I I I agree completely. Although I thought the gag about the the staff, I won't ruin it, but the the running joke, the Spinal Tap esque yeah. joke about the staff, <laughs> yeah. I thought was very funny. Yeah, and I but I thought it was real backloaded. I thought the last like twenty minutes of that movie are fantastic, and it just took I, I, like I, I felt like it, it took a little while to get there. But um, anyway, I'm sorry. What else? What else? What else? I, I I'm real curious because. Uh, it's getting to be that time of year where I'm starting to think about like end of year lists. I, I've uh, been watching. Oh, as far as new stuff, yeah, I, I, I'm one of those people. Like, it's it's hard for me to like get to see a lot of new stuff. So, uh, I, I I just watched Dark Star from like set with seventy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the Carpenter's three yeah. uh, film. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I'm I, I watched Ready or Not, and I watched uh, Forty Seven Meters Down Uncaged. And, uh, <laughs> Man, a, a shark straight up tiptoes up on somebody in that movie. It is real dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was. Well, it, there were so many things in Forty Seven Meters Down on Cage that I was just like, I don't know. The first movie wasn't great, but it had its moments. The second one was just like, okay, this is just bonkers. This is bizarre. Like there, there are scenes where I don't know where they're talking about the noise is going to affect the sharks. Then a, a scene later, they're they're like one foot below the sharks and they're making all this racket and the sharks aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like this is just not very well. <laughs> no, conceived. it's a real. It it makes you wonder if uh, uh, 47 meters down was maybe accidentally good. Oh yeah, yeah. It, well, it, the, the suspense wasn't there. Um, I watched. I've been watching a couple of like uh, extreme horror films. I watched. Um, let me see. I watched a couple Mary and Dora films the other day. Uh, I watched. Um, have you ever seen Grotesque? I don't know if you're even yeah. into like the br- extreme horror movies. Oh, I was thinking Grotesque. <laughs> no, 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 no. This Would is you? a this is a Japanese horror film, and it's intense. It's basically. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Who directed that? Do you know who directed uh, it? By chance? Give me just a second, and I can tell you. But it's basically just about a. It's your normal extreme horror film. It's t- a guy, a surgeon, kidnaps a couple. And he pretty much just dismembers them in front of each other. It's it's pretty wild. Oh wow! Yeah. I think I've got that movie now that I think yeah. about. I've gotten yeah. really into Japanese horror as of late. I watched my favorite is I saw the devil. Oh yeah! Like oh yeah. shit! Yeah, that's a great. I movie. love I saw the devil. Uh, Have, the uh, the director for Grotesque is Sugumi Nagasawa. Uh, all right. I don't know anything off the top of my head that he did, but uh, she's from Alabama. Have you watched any of the Japanese splatter stuff, <laughs> like Tokyo Gore Police? I've seen that girl squad. I've seen Tokyo Gore Police. I haven't seen anything else though. Oh, I think to- Tokyo Gore Police is yeah. one of the better ones, but that movie is fucking bananas. Yeah, I I've been I watched that, and then my buddy's a huge Marion Dora film or fan, so he's got me watching, you know, Cannibal and yeah. uh, Carcinoma and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, I I you know I don't go chasing extreme anymore. Um, you know, I feel like I kind of topped out at Martyrs. Yeah. That was the oh, one that I was man. like. That's that's it. I'm like I don't I don't want to feel this way ever yeah. again. Yeah, martyrs, mate. Martyrs is it's one of my favorites too. Not from yeah. a good standpoint, but it is pretty insane. It makes you feel some it, type of way. <laughs> it, yeah, it's one of the best horror movies I've ever seen that I never ever want to watch again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got it down here, and I've literally only watched it once. <laughs> I paid yeah. like I paid like sixty dollars for the DVD, and <laughs> I've only watched it once. Um, have you guys seen One Cut of the Dead? Uh-uh. I, I still want to. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah. I've heard it's really it's, good. It's on Shudder, and holy shit, that movie is amazing. Cool. Nice. The, just uh, the, the less you know, the better. If somebody tries to tell you anything about that movie, punch them in the face and run away. Well, I'll throw this polarizing flick in here for you. Uh, I watched uh, Midsummer, and uh, I liked it better with Christopher Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Midsummer quite a bit, and I thought that um, there were there was yes. a lot of cool imagery and a lot of cool like I don't know it's it's, it's a very well layered movie, but yeah I mean if I'm gonna pick uh, you know your pagany cult type movie I'm always gonna go yeah. with The Wicker Man. I like The Wicker Man, and it's funny because uh, y'all heard me say it earlier in the show, but uh, there's only two movies in the whole, whole horror genre that I will say were fucking horrible. 
and one of them is the witch. I hated it. Oh. I hated it. I oh, hated I, love it. I do witch. too. I really <laughs> like it. That one. In the- I mean, I get it. I understand. Like, if you don't resonate with that movie, I I could see where that movie would be like unendurable. Yeah, that one and but- the village were my two. Just like. Uh, well, I'm with you on the village. It's <laughs> yeah. a real sneaker. <laughs> Man. The Witch, I actually watched uh, um, at Halloween. I, it, like, I think of the 30th. It was in my big Halloween lineup. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. And every time I watch that movie, I like it more. It's one of those like creepers that is slowly climbing my list. My buddy watched it the other day. He rewatched it and he told me that he hated it the first time he saw it and then he loved it the second time and he's like, you need to rewatch it and give it another chance. And I'm just like, yeah, maybe one day, but I guess I got it so embedded into my head that it was so terrible the first time that I saw it that it's going to be hard for me to really get into it to watch it again. I was like that with Killing of a Sacred Deer. The first time I watched it, I really hated it. And now it's one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't twist your arm about The Witch. But if you do go back and, and watch it and enjoy it, uh, let me know. Because I, I always like it when somebody comes around where they're like, you know what? I watch it again. And that thing was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how yeah. I am with Inside. Inside gets better every single time I watch it. Inside's real yeah. good. That's that's yeah. probably my sec- that's that's easily in my top five favorite horror films of all time. Really, top five? Top I don't know five. if that makes my top five, but shit, it's good. I'll, it's been a while since I've seen it too. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> I love I it. I do, man. Like I it just, was because because like I said on the last episode, man. My buddy, he's got me searching for we're out or we're out for the most fucked up film ever made, you know. And uh, that was one that he was like, if you want to get into extreme horror, that's the first one you need to watch. And I I remember I, I stared at it on eBay for like months. I mean, I was like, man, I need to buy it. I need to buy it. Ended up buying it, and I've I fell in love with it. I just like. Because it's it's such a creepy film, and that's what I search for in, in horror, man. I want that creepy feeling. I want that uneasy feeling, that adrenaline rush. And movies, a lot of movies just don't give it to me. And that scene, man, where it, she's sitting in the chair and that woman's standing behind her in the house, I mean, it creeps the hell out of me. <laughs> Have you seen Hush? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. one about the uh, the deaf woman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was awesome. That movie's rad. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it just reminds me that kind of tension. It, it's not nearly as gory as inside. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's got that same kind of like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah, to it for that sure. I really dig. For sure. I, I loved that film. That one's that one's a good one too. I just watched uh, Would You Rather on uh, Netflix, and yeah. it was really good too. Yeah, that is that movie is art. That's a uh, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. All right. uh, well, sorry again. I I I tested the boundaries of the format, hey. and I felt good. Hey, it's it's fantastic. We're, this is really only our second episode together. So, like I said, there is no format. Just uh, whatever comes up, as long as it's you know not naked. <laughs> Whoa! No more. You know, I I didn't realize that was a rule because I've been naked this whole time. Yes. <laughs> and it it feels great <laughs> oh jeff bridges jeff bridges <laughs> jeff bridges hair and beard i just want to stroke it <laughs> wait a minute which the, the hair or 
Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um. Bo, tell everybody out there where they can find you like they don't already know. <laughs> oh, um, legionpodcast.com you can find uh, shows that I do, as well as this show and a bunch of other shows that have nothing to do with me that are all great, and you should listen to all of those. Um, to to promote the stuff that I do personally, um, I do a show called Pick Six Movies where uh, every two weeks we drop an episode. It's me and uh, a friend of mine from high school. We've known each other for literally 40 years. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah, I, I knew him in kindergarten. <laughs> and, we, uh, we, and we grew up and we loved movies. And so we do seasons. Where we have a theme, uh, most recently was Hail to the King, baby, uh, which was six movies uh, in, that were adapted from the works of Stephen King. So we did uh, Firestarter and Maximum Overdrive and uh, the remake of Carrie. Maybe that was a different season, now that I think about it. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, people, don't get lost in that. The point is that uh, we do a little introduction up front to tell you a little story about the movie or somebody who was in it or somebody associated with it, kind of a little narrative piece, and then we talk, uh, then we goof on the movie for a little bit, and that's the show. Uh, and we're real proud of it, and we were voted the the fifth best movie podcast by a website I can no longer remember the name of. <laughs> wax on, wax off. And, and we're also uh, in the middle of another show I do called Duncan and Bo Come Correct, the version uh, with uh, Duncan McLeish from Podcast Under the Stairs. Uh, in this case, we're doing the Terror Infamy, the second season of the Terror, uh. and uh, in a in a season we are calling Duncan and Bo get terrified, and it's us talking about this TV show and doing some dumb voices and and being real stupid. Uh, it's it <laughs> like nobody comes away from one of that one of one of those Duncan and Bo episodes smarter or better. <laughs> so fair warning my kind of show (laughs) man i saw where duncan put out the other day where he has he's got between now and the end of the year he's got 15 more episodes to drop i'm like what (laughs) we're doing i don't i think i can talk about this we're doing um a round table in december that is uh the entire cinematic work of uh terry gilliam oh yeah and i could not be more yeah. excited to to do that show. man god great movies oh yeah the fisher king yeah. alone i i could not i i can't wait to talk uh, about it time so, bandits yeah. brazil i mean baron munchausen go i mean jabberwocky yeah uh yeah there's a lot of great stuff i mean and and, and then there's the actual like there's some monty python sure. stuff in there too where you're like I guess I'm going to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail twist my arm, you know. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. We're going to get out of here. Fellas, awesome to have you back. Bo, thanks for coming on, buddy. Sure was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks. And everybody, we will see you later. Sayonara. See ya. Peace.